American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, a bonus episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I'm Justin Martindale. We've got a lot to cover, but as always, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the sweet comments and the reviews on iTunes and Spotify. You guys, my little Just Sayers are awesome, and the feedback is even greater, and it's very appreciated. Uh, John, how are you, buddy? Not bad. Um, I did notice that... um, you had a lot of questions about my nerd weekend. I had a very nerdy, unashamed week. Um, I I went a little extra in my nerddom. Uh, if you saw my Instagram, you saw that I went to the Bridgerton Experience, which was everything. And I'm going to give you guys a full recap on that, as well as my Easter Sunday tradition <laughs> as of this Easter uh, I went to, some people went to church. Some people went out of town to visit their families, you know, celebrate the spirit of Easter and have Easter egg hunts and whatnot. I went to a Renaissance uh, fair and the theme was pirates. That's how I celebrated my Easter. But first, the Bridgerton experience. Now, I loved Bridgerton. A lot of people, I think, feel the same way. I love a good time period piece. I had a lot of people get into the Gilded Age uh, on HBO Max. Um, 2020, the Bridgerton series came out by Shonda Rhimes and everyone like lost their minds because it was this, you know, series set in the early 1800s with period pieces and, you know, Modern music played by the Vitamin String Quartet, which is just awesome. I think I might have listened to a Vitamin String Quartet playlist. Um, Borderline unhealthy. Like, I was listening to, like, Harry Styles. and People were gearing up for Coachella. I was listening to the Vitamin String Quartet, gearing up for the Bridgerton Experience, which was held in downtown Los Angeles um, at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel. Also, I think it's touring, so if it's coming to an area near you, get some tickets, dress up, and go, because it's really kind of, it's the right amount of ridiculous. It's 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 an Instagram moment, 
but it also is they they capture the heart and essence of the series. Um, I still have like I think another episode left of season two, but so far I'm enjoying it. I think it's just great. Heather McDonald uh, texted me and was like, "Hey, our friend Krista has tickets. Do you want to go?" And I went, "Yes!" Immediately, I was like, "Yes, yeah, sign me up. Let's go." What would Anna have said about it? What would oh Anna Delvey? Anna Delvey would have said. You're going to Bridgerton experience. Is it really an experience? Or what are you experiencing? I need to know. Because in 1800s, they didn't really experience anything. All they experienced was, like, greasy crevices and, like, exhaustion. And lots of women fainted because their corsets were too tight. Because they're basic and can't control their breathing like normal people. And I would have been like, Anna, relax. I want to experience this on my own terms. Now... I had to dress up. I wasn't going to show up in like jeans and a t-shirt to the Bridgerton experience because it is a whole ball. It is emphasized as the queen's ball. Um, so I went, my friend Blake was like, hey, you have to go to uh, this costumer in North Hollywood. So we get to this costume place and it is like an episode of Hoarders. There is just costumes everywhere from the ground up. It is a seedy part of North Hollywood. There's lots of, you know, tents and carts in the street, maybe some bags of poop on fire. But once you get into the costume shop, it was delightful. The costume owner was very, very sweet gay man who saw me and was like, oh, we got to measure an inseam. So <laughs> I I had this thing when I was in in school. Where if I was in a play, you know, the costumer would just pull a costume, I'd put it on, and that was it. And I have to say, I still got it. I put on the first costume they pulled for me, and it worked. It fit like a glove. There were some alterations, so I had to come back the next day and pick it up. So, picked up the outfit, went over to Krista's house, we're getting ready, we're having a little champagne toast... We all looked fabulous. We get in the uh, the uh, rental car. We drive down to the hotel. We are in downtown Los Angeles, which, I mean, if you're on meth in downtown and you see, like, four people walking around in Regency era garb, you're going to be like, wow, this is some good shit. Because <laughs> we were just walking in dressed to the 1800s and... Uh, the show kicked off, you walk in, and there's just, like, flowers hanging from the ceiling, and there's, like, people in powdered wigs pretending to play the violin, which was kind of weird, but there's violin music going. And we walk in, they have specialty cocktails made, uh, des uh, uh, designed around the storyline and characters of Bridgerton. There's a cute little croquet set that you can, like, take pictures with. And then, the okay. And then we see this girl. Now, I'm going to bring up this girl a couple times because there was a big conspiracy around this girl. Krista is dressed up in this, like, full-on, like, wedding dress. She looks stunning. She has a tiara on. She's got blue sapphires in the crown. We are going in to win this thing. Now, it's not a sport, but we turned it into full-on <laughs> UFC MMA. We are going to be crowned 
the diamonds of the ball. One of us, maybe all of us as a group, but one of us is coming out victorious at this Bridgerton ball, being handpicked by the queen slash theater minor, who's playing the queen to win the diamond of the season. So we see this girl. She's also dressed up. Like she is giving you um, Daphne Bridgerton. She's got a feather plume in her hair. She has the red like side curl going on over her milky white, creamy, dewy skin. She looked gorgeous, but I knew something was up. She had this woman with her who was dressed up as, as well. She had a cane giving you full Lady Danbury realness. So you walk in to like the queen's throne. There's like this huge picture of like nobility and a couch where you can take your pictures. There's also these easels where you can go up and take a picture and they draw your um, portrait um, digitally, of course, because we're on a time frame. So Heather and I go up. I'm like, oh my God, we look so amazing. Heather's like, my eyes are closed. I'm like, damn it, Heather. By the time we're getting our picture taken, the queen is walking in. So I'm like, we got to go. We got to go bow and shit because I'm already in. I am in the zone. I was going by the alias of the Duke of Martindale. And the queen walks in, huge hair. We all look, we bow. Then we have to present ourselves to the queen. So that means we all have to walk up individually or as partners, give us a curtsy, give a bow. I pulled out my theater degree. I was giving you full bow, eyes up to the queen at all times, bowed. And she looked at me and did this little like, yes, mama God, with her little fingers going. As we bow, I walk away and I'm immediately handed this card on a silver platter that says, you have imp impressed your queen. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> Still got it. Please um, keep it up, because if you keep doing it right, you're going to be named the diamond of the season. That's all I care about. Eyes on the Bridgerton prize. Krista and her date, Tyler, went up. Now, meanwhile, they have a woman playing Lady Whistledown, who is like the gossip monger of the series. She writes all the, like, taboo and scandals and throws shade at everybody so she's on a microphone up ahead like reading everyone to filth my friend tyler bows and he has a big green bow in the front of his uh outfit and lady whistledown goes well the idea was to impress the queen with your bow not your bow and we're like oh shit tyler just got read to filth by Lady Whistledown. And he's like, oh. So we're like, oh, Tyler's out. So I still got a chance. So from the Queen's area, we go into the big ballroom. It's gorgeous. There's like a chandelier. They're putting everyone's uh, pictures that they got from the easels up on these like LED screens. So you're like, oh, it's very like Haunted Mansion-esque. Where's my picture with Heather? Not there because Heather deleted it because her eyes were closed. Fair enough, Heather. So, the show starts. Um, we learn some dances. Um, there's some girl that came out in a Bumblebee costume, which I thought was too soon, because, spoiler alert, in season two, you find out that Lord Bridgerton dies from a Bumblebee sting. Of course, John.
You know what? Some people's nightmare is other people's pleasure. Oh, it was so fun, dumb. It was fun. <laughs> fun. Fun and dumb. It was just great. Over the top, like theater drag. Like some people didn't get it. Some woman was in a like a full on like Renaissance dress, wrong period. Some people like it would look like a bachelorette party in Nashville. Like it was just like, ooh. Well, they tried. We looked great. Now, throughout the night, there's this performance where there's a guy and a girl, and they're kind of like having their own little love affair a la Bridgerton. There's like silks coming down from the screen. They're like wrapping their arms around it and they're dancing. They're holding on to chandeliers, spinning. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Part of me was like, I really should have microdosed on mushrooms for this, but I did it. But I was like, definitely like, like standing around like, notice me. <clears throat> I'm over here. Look at me. I'm six foot four. I am dapper AF. I had sideburns. They're gone now. R.I.P. So then I'm cutting to this girl, the girl in the white dress, right? She's walking around. She's doing all these things. Mind you, at her queen bow, she touched the ground. She curtsied all the way to the ground. It was almost like when she bowed, the whole room went, damn. She was in it to win it. Now, the, end, the, the night is rounding up, and Heather and I are just kind of like, well, we're out of this. So our group kind of became the villains <laughs> of the Bridgerton series, we were talking amongst ourselves. Lady Whistledown was like, well, it seems that the corner of the room has something to say about everyone else. And I'm like, that's right, we do. We're judging people. At one point, we were dancing. Heather and Tyler, like, cut in front of everybody. We were like, you know what? If we're not going to win this, we're going to go out with a bang, a Bridgerton bang, which is what season two was missing a lot of, banging. Um. So finally, the time has come to announce the diamond of the season. I'm standing next to the girl in the white dress. They're looking around for the diamond. All of a sudden, the queen points to the girl right next to me. And I'm like, damn it. And I really wanted to like shove her and be like, it's my turn. But I didn't. I let her win. She started crying. There's no crying in Bridgerton. She was crying. She was waiting for this moment her whole life. This was her this was her moment. I'm surprised Kelly Clarkson's a moment like this wasn't played on a violin somewhere. But it should have been. That would have been epic. Um so then she gets up on the stage, she spins around, then all of a sudden all this glitter starts falling from the ceiling, and I'm like, it should have been me. It should have been me. And then afterwards, this is what's funny, because they had a second show afterwards. So they're like, okay, we got to get everybody out of the room. So they start playing my favorite night terror. Uh, you mentioned nightmares, John. My favorite nightmare is being stuck in a hotel uh, meeting room with the Black Eyed Peas playing. That's right. The Black Eyed Peas, uh, who I call the Wiggles for Adults. It was the, tonight's gonna be a good night. <laughs> I am clawing for a door. I'm like, where's the door? It's too dark in here. This is how I die. But then the song ends, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Then it picks up with LMFAO. Party people in the house tonight. And I'm like, no, even worse, even worse. There's going. To, this is how people get trampled. I was, I was ready. I had boots on, too, so <laughs> I was ready. I had my Ren Fair 
Bridgerton trample gaze on. Then it cuts into, I'm a single ladies, I'm a single ladies. And I'm like, oh, shit. So finally, everyone escorts out. Um, Lady Whistledown says, well, it seems I have, uh, I see, uh, hold on. She goes, I think I have come, I think I have seen all that I have come for today. Without a beat, the girl who gets crowned as the diamond goes, as did I. And I'm like, gross, shut up. Like you won, go home. Then the diamond sees me and she's like, my lord, can I get a picture with thee? And I'm like, thee you shall. (laughs) And I'm getting asked for pictures with the diamond. We left, went and had oysters next door at Water Grill, where there was a Dodgers game going on. So we're now in Regency era clothing with a whole bunch of uh, downtown LA people wearing Dodgers jerseys. And I was like, it was a perfect night. Perfect night. Now, if the Bridgerton event is going to a town near you, I say go. It's fun. It was it was a good um, time had by all. Now, I had to keep my nerd uh, street going. Easter Sunday, I went to the Renaissance Fair. This is the third Renaissance Fair that I went to. It's in Irwindale, which is um, a magical place um, out by, like I think, like San Dimas or something like that. Um, but yeah, we went out there. I, it was pirate theme day. My friends and I were like, we don't have any Easter plans. Let's just go to the Ren Fair. Let's laugh at some carnies. So we went out there and immediately you get thrown into the lingo. People have been waiting two years because COVID knocked out the Ren Fair for two years. And now they are back. They're in full effect. They are about, they are DTF. They are down to fair. And it did not disappoint. You have people dressed up in full medieval garb. There's people who are like whittling things out of wood. You had uh, there was a jousting event. Oh my god, the jousting! You guys, the hottest jouster in the world. This there was a jousting event. I was promoting it like I went to Coachella. It was my Coachella. This guy was whoever he is. He looked like Sean Mendez. Everyone was losing their damn minds because there was this knight in shining armor. He had like the curly tasseled hair, cheekbones. I mean, God, we uh, the whole the whole stadium was like, you're beautiful. And then his throat got slit and we were like, oh, man, he was alive. It wasn't like really slit, but, you know, but we all were rooting for him and he died. But anyways, we went in there. Costumes were great. There were some people that were like, are they pirates or are they homeless? Because there was a very borderline costuming. Um, barrels of hay. There were wenches. Um, but the group that I was with didn't know about this term that I use when going to the Ren Fair. There's a group of people that go there and I call them Ren Fair Horny. Ren Fair Horny is a real thing, especially after two years where they haven't had the chance to be Renfair horny. You go there early in the day, and then you start drinking like $16 beers. Women have their breasts pressed up, you know, like wenches, full pirate wenches. There's some guys walking around without their shirts on. Some good, some bad. 
But everybody is looking around at the uh, prospects. So then the sun hits, right? It's a hot day, especially in Irwindale. It was like, I think it was like 90 degrees. I was making a um, fairy house for my boyfriend. <laughs> out of a toilet paper roll. Mm-hmm. Because I had to get out of the sun because I was getting hot because I was in all black. My eyeliner was running. And people continue to drink all throughout the day. They're not hydrating. And then around like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's when shit starts getting a little freaky. People start getting a little like sexual. Everything's like a little orgasmic. There were women at the at the beer booth that were popping bottles of beer. And they were like, oh, yeah, I'm about to pop. Uh. And you're like, oh, my God, there's kids here. Stop it, Renfair Horny. And then we left at the proper time. Uh, before the Ren Fair orgy, because there's a lot of sweat in crevices, a lot of uh, boobalicious smells, lots of smells. There's a lot of smells at the Ren Fair. The what? It was a lot. Yeah, there's like hay and stench, porta potties, turkey. All of it, but it was a lot of fun. It was a great, I had to get it out of my system. I haven't like nerded out in like two years. And that was just a great way to like nerd out. There were some people dressed up as Jesus. Some people were dressed up as the Easter bunny, but overall 10 out of 10 Bridgerton and Ren Fair, full geek down to fair. And, uh, Let's kick this off. We've got a lot to talk about. Speaking of... American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Turkey Legs, I saw this story that came up that I just had to go, what? This man was in a motorcycle accident and he had his leg amputated. It was shattered I don't know if it was torn off of his body. I think he went to the doctor and the doctor was like, hey, your leg can't be salvaged. Look at, I mean, this picture alone, this x-ray just looks like a a box of like cauliflower. I don't even know what this is. It looks like um, an old fossil from years ago. It looks like a puzzle that no one wants to put together. So his leg was unsalvageable so what does he do he gets it amputated so he thought to himself you know what 
if I can take my leg and cook it, can I do that? Is it legal? Now, there's nothing illegal about, you know, self-cannibalism, I guess. So the doctor gave him the okay wait, to... Wait, wait. Let, let, let's just be clear about that. Yeah. The only reason there cannibalism is illegal. The only reason you wouldn't get in trouble for eating your own body oh, parts. Cannibalism is illegal. Yes. The only <laughs> the whole re- time. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> Had no clue. The only way you get caught eating yourself is if you report yourself. You can eat yourself. Without unless you were yeah, I mean that's what this guy is essentially. Okay, so I'm just telling all of my listeners it's okay to eat yourself. No, no. It's still illegal. That's still cannibalism. You just won't get in trouble if you don't report yourself. If you're sitting okay, at home. So if you're going to eat yourself, don't, tell don't yourself. report yeah. it. Correct. God, I am like have educating to, people. Allegedly. Wow. I mean, it's God's work, really. We, we have to be clear. Allegedly. So, <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. So in full-on Silence of the Lambs, like, uh, lore, I guess, this guy... Lost his leg. The doctor says, hey, if you want to keep your amputated leg, go for it. He invited 10 of his closest open-minded friends to a brunch. Here's where it gets weird. Okay, I love the menu that they give you. They ate apple strudel, quiche puff pastries, fruit tarts, and chocolate cake. Very Bridgerton-inspired. They drank gin lemonade punches and mimosas. And then the main course came out, fajita tacos made from his severed human limb. Bum, bum, bum. So like John said, there is no federal law banning cannibalism. What? 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 There is no federal law banning cannibalism. Who said that? The, the, The United States. That's why I thought. I was like, no, there's no federal law banning it. But- the simple act of eating human flesh can land you in prison. Yeah. That's what the article says. That's called cannibalism. It's very on the fence. It seems like they're trying to make it a gray area. It's not a gray area at all. Like a gray meat area? Yeah, like a like an expired meat area. Yeah. Don't do it. Pe- don't, please, do don't do it. Do There's it. laws against murder and eating meat and corpse desecration. It's but le- it's technically legal in the other 49 states. Okay, but Idaho is okay. Sure, this is where it happened. So the one <clears throat> thing where Idaho's on the right side of history. <laughs> it's just yeah, Idaho get it because his leg. So this is a rare case where cannibalism is not only legal but ethical. He documented the whole process, but due to the graphic nature of the photos, they've omitted several from his post. So thank God. So they asked this man why he decided to feed himself to his friends what he tasted like, and how the experience changed him. Here's a little bit of the interview. First question, why did you do this? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I was just curious. Um, Why did you convince the the doctors to give you your leg? I'm just kind of upset that it was like a fajita taco. Because if you're going to do a brunch, how about legs Benedict? That's disgusting. You're ruining breakfast for I'm me. I'm about to cut off my own leg. Yeah, you're, ru- you're ruining breakfast for me. I'm. Hey, you know what? It was fine. So how did you convince your friends to eat 
your own leg. He said, I invited 11 people. Uh, 10 said yes. <laughs> One said no. He says, I guess we're a weird group. So there were several different friend groups involved. He approached one group with the idea, and they were like, totally, because how often are you going to get this chance? One friend said she'd ask her boyfriend as chef if he would do the cooking. Perfect. So all these people come over having lunch. These fajita tacos come out. He gives them, passes them around, and he marinates it overnight with onions, peppers, and salt, and lime juice. Serves it on corn tortillas with a little bit of tomatillo sauce. So far, so good. There's a picture of the actual leg meat in the pan. And then if we go down a little more, they said, how does it taste? He said it was a little like long pig, which I've been called worse. Um, It tasted like boars from Papua New Guinea. Um, Almost like a venison... It was a little chewy, tough. But then one friend, he got a little offended because one friend had to spit the leg into a napkin. I think that's, I would be offended. I thought it was pretty polite. I mean, if you're you're already eating leg, I would spit it on the floor. You're right. If you're spitting out someone, if you're spitting out your friend, do it daintily. Just like have manners. Yeah. But also... I don't know why you, this is one of those stories that I was like, wouldn't you like take this to the grave with you? It's weird. It's like culty, right? It's a little like dark, dark web. This is the problem with the TikTok world we live in. Nothing can be taken to the grave. Everything is on display. You the, eat your friend's the TikTok leg? Yeah. eat my leg challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's coming. For sure. Ugh. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, I would not personally eat my own friend. So I think that says a lot about me, but um, I don't think I could do it again. I don't, but I mean, here's the thing. Give me a couple years and I bet Joe Rogan will be doing it. Like, he'll be like, you know what? I'm done with elk meat. <laughs> yeah. He, he li- meat is meat. Like, I'm tired of grilling elk. I'm going to take it to the next level. Uh, so yes, that was a story that I had to, had to share. But here's another one that's uh, kind of breaking right now. This jury, um, the Kardashians, because I'm talking turkeys. Kardashians went to downtown L.A. to um, they're being sued by Black China. Remember her? Nope. Okay. well, (laughs) Black China had a reality show with Rob Kardashian, who now sells socks. He's been out of the spotlight for years now. But they had a reality show. So now Black China is suing the entire Kardashian clan with a K for over $100 million because of, you know, they've ruined her career. She's not allowed to get any reality television work anymore. You know, it's it's hard to be a reality show actress these days in Hollywood. So now she went. Uh, she's suing the the Kardashians. The Kardashians then on this week went to downtown L.A. court. They probably saw me walking around in a Regency garb. And they are now picking the jury uh, to represent uh, the defense between the Kardashians and Black China. 
Yeah, they're suing her. Uh, she's suing the Kardashians for a million, hundred million. Like I said, they defamed her, interfered with her contracts, eventually leading to her reality TV show being canceled. So Black China is a ruined woman. She's going after the Kardashians, who just had their Hulu show premiere last week. So is this contrived with a K? Probably so. Now. It's kind of amazing what different worlds you and I live in. Like, to me, th this sounds like if I sued the Kardashians for not having a reality show. Like, who is... I, I genuinely don't know. I've never heard of Black China before. I know. But that's the thing. I have to, like... I have to, like, educate people. No, I, Even when they don't want to be. No, I mean, this is... I definitely did not need to know who she was. So you don't know about their five-year-old daughter, Dream? They had a... Oh, the, the kid's name is Dream. The okay, child's yeah. name is Dream, yeah. Nope. Yeah, so her dream is now to have $100 million from the Kardashians. Now, recently, they're picking jurors. This is the story that I love. They're picking jurors for this case. I hate jury duty. I have to go to jury duty in a couple months, and I there's nothing that I hate more. I don't want to be there. It's your business, whatever. So they ask, they're asking these jurors, like, why can you not be a juror for this and they're like well kim has a sex tape and if she's in the room i'm going to be playing this sex tape over and over and over in my head and that makes me not a good juror they dismiss the juror the kardashians left annoyed because they're like oh really great we're bringing up the sex tape and i'm like hey that's why you're famous i say bravo juror so now they're uh now I think every juror is going to be like, yep, same thing. I'm going to picture this. I'm going to picture Ray J, uh, Raw Dog, and Kim K, and uh, I can't be a juror now. So I'm out. That's what we but, used to do in New York. Like, we used to come up with any excuse to be let go. Right. Like, you would just be like, no, I'm a, I'm a racist. I, I'm I mentally I, ill. Yeah, but not, not anymore. Now they'll find you, like, white on white crime if you say you're a racist. They'll find something for you to do. I ate my friend's leg. Yeah. Yeah. That should have gotten you disqualified. Not New York anymore. Yeah, no, it's like, oh, I, I keep seeing her sex tape. I'm a little impartial on this. So all like all the Kardashians are now like pissed off because they're like, great, Kim. Thanks a lot. But Tokyo Tony, who is Black China's mom, which I had no idea. I don't know about Tokyo Tony. I just saw it and I was like, it sounds like a mobster that worked here at the comedy store back in the 30s. <laughs> Yo, Tokyo Tony, take him out back. Um, she went on uh, her social media and was saying that the Kardashians like dressed down like Chris had like a button missing to make it look like they're like normal people. She was like, oh, they dressed down so the judge could have like sympathy for them. And I'm like, no, this is your thing. If like if the Kardashians called me into jury sir, jury duty, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, I have things to do. That's what being poor is to them, missing a button. Yeah, yeah. What do poor people do, Mama? <laughs> I know, Kim. Miss a button. <laughs> They'll think you're a, a, a normal peasant woman. So, yes. I just thought that was really interesting. We're going to, I guess, keep you guys posted. I honestly don't really give a shit, but... And isn't Kim a lawyer now? Can't she, like... Whatever. Anyways, this is why I think this next story is important. We need aliens to come down to Earth and <laughs> just take us all away. This story cracked me up. The headline reads, Beaming Earth's location into space could cause an alien invasion. Expert warns as broadcast tech prepares for an update. 
And at this time, in this climate that we're living, I say bring it on. E.T., come home. Don't phone home. Come home. A message broadcast out to space revealing Earth's location could provoke an invasion from aliens. Great. So this was launched back in 1974, uh, and now the scientists want to update it. Give it like a nice update. And so this note dubbed the Beacon in the Galaxy is the latest attempt to make contact with other life forms. It will include our solar system's position within the Milky Way relative to known clusters of stars so anyone who hears it can hunt Earth out. Sure, what could go wrong? Just let them know where we're at. Details about the Earth's surface, drawings of humans, and basic technical concepts for them to reach out to us will also be packed into it. I only want these aliens to come if they're cool. I don't want basic aliens. I need like a real, like, extraterrestrial aliens to come. I don't want, like, peasant aliens to come. If you're from a galaxy, it needs to be very VIP, very exclusive. I feel like, like... LA is going to be safe. They're going to come to LA and be like, we, "Oh, we were for sure." We, it's we were be already that scene here. in Independence Day where like the you know, the ship comes over downtown LA. Will Smith is like, "Damn, I shouldn't have slapped Chris Rock." And then they're going to look at like Skid Row and be like, "I think we're okay." I think they're going to be like, well, "We were here already. I'm I'm gone." Or just blast us. They'll be like, "There's too many vegans here. Get rid of them." Oh, that would be great. Could you imagine being an alien trying to blend in with like normal people and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to be a waiter in LA." And then that alien goes to like a restaurant and he's like, here's the specials. And they're like, now I can't have this, but I can have this. And do you guys have this? And they're like, no, it's not on the menu. Well, last time I was here, you guys made it for me. And then the alien just rips off their face, pulls out their laser and just takes out everybody. So this broadcast will probably be more of a postcard saying, wish you were here. It was laughable. This is what I think is funny because they're saying if this signal gets out into space, the aliens are going to laugh at us. I don't know who made this. They're just saying that, like, the way it's read, the aliens would be like, are these fucking losers kidding? Like, down at the bottom, it says, aliens might be getting a various message sent for all sorts of reasons. But the greatest issue is the giggle factor. Linked to all things alien and UFO. Many people just refuse to take anything related to the signal as seriously, which is a shame because this is important stuff. <laughs> They're like, aliens, we're here. And the aliens are like, no, we're fine. No, but aliens, come on, hang out with us. No, you've got Kardashians. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll play. Caitlin, get out of here. You can't hang out with aliens, Caitlin. Well, okay. Uh, so I say bring it on. Um, this is a story that I want to touch on because someone needs to, this mother Tucker, Tucker Carlson came out with this video called the end of men, which sounds like a romance novel that it's, yeah, it sounds like a romance novel for men. Like, I feel like romance novels for women are like titles are like behind the barn and like milkmaid secrets or something this one's called the end of men tucker carlson from fox news is creating a docuseries how men have become too 
<clears throat> um, less manly, so to speak. They're not as aggro and as masculine as they used to be back in the good old days. You know, when men wore pussy bows um, on their on their necks and like leggings and coattails. But we've lost all that. So he has created this docu series. I don't know. I don't know if it's a one part series. Fingers crossed, where he shows men just being ripped and jacked, throwing tires. Oh, daddy. There's men who milk cows and chug glasses of raw eggs. Ugh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm hard. And he's talking about testicle tanning. Testicle tanning was trending on uh, Twitter, um, which is dealing with infrared lighting, which is like, you know, a new thing where people go in and they take a, a red light sauna or whatever it helps with infrared you know joint pain and muscle relaxation whatever so he's saying to be open-minded about this end of men how men are not being manly again so this promo kind of backfired because first of all i hate the idea of, of people saying you know everything oh oh we're too gay now everything's too we're not like we used to be men are sissies now and you know no people are fucking evolving maybe you should do the same maybe not you know be so toxic and like this is what men are supposed to be like and then go to a bathroom stall and tap your foot for a you know senator just saying but this series was kind of homoerotic in the sense of like shirtless men and greasing each other up and all this stuff and then tucker talks to this guy who is like a fitness uh, fitness instructor, and he says, you know, we've got to reestablish order to save the testosterone of mankind. There's a lack of testosterone in men today. So this guy said, well, you know what you need to do? Tan your balls, which I, makes me laugh because I'm thinking of all these, like, good old boys and <laughs> January 6th guys, Duck Dynasty guys just being like, well, Tucker Carlson said I got to tan my balls and then putting a uh, tanning machine up to their balls. Now, here's the thing I thought was kind of funny. If your balls are too hot, it decreases your sperm count. So that's why you probably shouldn't tan your balls. Now, I'm not going to say don't tan your balls, but maybe this outlet should take Tucker Carlson's advice and tan them nuts which is a game show that i'm going to create called tan your balls it just made me laugh i thought this was so funny i can't wait to dive into ball tanning and see what this um documentary actually entails because i think i think the far right is going to watch this and be like rather than have a problem with harry styles in a dress they're going to be like, this is, this is kind of gay. <laughs> I, I mean, what in the seeing how hospitals filled up with the anti-vax stuff? I can only imagine this is going to be the next cause of Fox News viewers yeah. ending up in the ER. Totally agree. I think I think it's definitely something that has piqued my interest. I never knew that I was going to be in a uh, uh, curious about a Fox News porn. But you know what? This is why I said the aliens, come on, get it over with. 
Speaking of testicles, this man admitted to, he was admitted to a hospital after a rare masturbation in, injury. Now, guys, we all went through the pandemic. We get it. Um, I masturbated a lot during the pandemic. I think I watched all the porn, all of it, every category. I was bored. But this guy took it to a whole nother level. First of all, he's 20 years old, which get it. We've all been there four, five, seven, eight times a day for some. This guy was admitted to an intensive care unit in Switzerland after he suffered a rare lung injury while masturbating. This guy said he had a sudden onset of sharp chest pain followed by a shortness of breath while lying in bed masturbating. It happens, but this man also has a history of mild asthma. He rushed himself to a hospital with chest pain. The chest x-ray revealed that he was suffering from subcutaneous emphysema, or SPM, a rare condition triggered by violent coughing, excessive vomiting, and strenuous physical exercise. It resulted in air leaks from the lung and getting trapped in his rib cage. Oof. If you're masturbating and you vomit, stop. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time you gag, uh, you, you call it you call it quits. What? As soon as you start to gag, you're like, oh, I might puke. Yeah, you, you if quit. you're if you're masturbating and give yourself your own gag reflex, you quit. Quit. Take a break. Take a break. Go outside. Sit this one out. Put pants on. Go outside. Go to a Ren Fair. But don't get Ren Fair horny. So yeah, he's okay, but I just thought this was kind of a weird, bizarre story. If you're masturbating and have a hard time breathing, take a break. Rest. And I love how there's a, a picture of Prince Charles in this article. Like, it was him. <laughs> So it obviously this this condition affects young men and generally follows a benign and self-limiting course. But uh, so far, I guess he's OK. But his he had a uh, collapsed lung. It's fapping too hard. But. He's a young kid. I'm sure he'll be fine. But here's a. Uh, uh, a little section I like to call. Are the kids okay? Because I did mention last week that the kids were in a dryer. Um, this woman threw her kid in a dryer. Kids are being invited to weddings unannounced. Kids are having a hard time. These three toddlers were hospitalized after eating a THC-laced goldfish, the little snacks that we all love, and the daycare owner was arrested. Three toddlers and parents in Virginia. Bing, 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 bing were uh, sent home out in a daycare. They were uh, uh, released, or they were sent home after eating THC-infused goldfish. The daycare owner has been charged after three one-year-olds were exposed to THC in his care. The toddler's parents first noticed that their lethargic and uncoordinated behavior... First of all, they're three. Who cares? They were glassy uh, and bloodshot eyes in the kids' faces. They were taken to the hospital... Once at the hospital, the staff quickly, quickly recognized what was going on, that the toddlers were suffering from THC exposure. Um, and the deputy responded to the incident at the hospital, and officials determined the common link between the three kids was Rebecca, a 60-year-old daycare uh, person. <laughs> She's a daycare person. 
She searched the home and found the crackers near the toddler's high chairs. Testing confirmed the snack was indeed laced with THC. Uh, They suspended the woman's license. She was charged with three counts of cruelty and injury to children and was released on a 2000 unsecured bond. Um, She was not reached for comment. You know what? They're going to be fine. Weed doesn't kill anybody. I get it. Yes, kids shouldn't have weed. But here's the thing I wanted to to share about this story. I had those goldfish. And they buck you up. There, I was going to South by Southwest with Ari Shafir. Say no more. And Ari and I were in a car driving to Austin. And... We had a bag of those goldfish. And I was like, oh, they're just goldfish, whatever. I have never been more high in my life. We were in Austin. I had a mild panic attack. I had to run to a porta potty. While I was in the porta potty, um, Aerosmith was playing. I don't remember the song, but I, my heart was racing. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is how I die at South by Southwest in a porty, a porta potty, porty. In a porta potty while Aerosmith is playing. And it made sense at the time. But um, these kids, you know what? You're fine. Just ride it out. But yeah, be careful. Be careful with edibles. They deceive you. I have people who are just like, oh, yeah, it's just a little cookie. Cut to just paralyze in a corner listening to Natalie and Brulia songs. Um, but here's another story. We're going to keep kids going. These kids uh, got drunk at school. Kids are having a hard time, man. Like, if kids didn't have enough to worry about, like, shootings and, like, bullying. Like, kids are getting, like, they're having a hard time. So this school calls poison control after these woozy toddlers accidentally drink tequila during snack time. A class of toddlers in Michigan became woozy after they accidentally had some tequila during snack time. Hey, a common mistake. And the school ended up calling poison control. This kid brought a bottle of ready-to-drink Jose Cuervo margaritas eh, to Grand River Academy, Lavanya, and her backpack. Um, and it went down. And it went down a treat. I don't even know what that means. One kindergartner felt woozy, a little dizzy after having four or five sips. Plus eight. <laughs> the kids uh, went home. Uh, the girl poured it in her cup and she drank it. And the girl ended up telling her what it is. And she went and told the teacher, uh, what a snitch, that there was liquor in her cup. And the teacher gave her a funny face. Now, how would this kid know that it was actual liquor? The kid has a problem. Something's going on at home. My mama drinks this. Mama, mom, this is mama's medicine. Or the education system is so bad that the kid in kindergarten is actually 22. Yeah. The education system has failed itself. We have a 16-year-old in the kindergarten <laughs> class. <laughs> it's like a Drew Barrymore never been kissed. She's <laughs> like, I'm an undercover kindergartner. You know what? It's uh, K to 5 somewhere. Um, so, yes. These kids went, uh, got home, uh, sent home drunk. The school said parents were notified immediately and told that their kids were fine, but they were angry parents and they weren't pleased if your child knows what it is nothing's wrong with it but my god you know what people were like people this that's what i thought was funny people were like alcohol's not for kids who's to say i don't know 
But we're going to end with this story. Um, Wheel of Fortune, the famous uh, television show game, has gone batshit crazy. There have been several stories online that have um, been out recently that Pat Sajak is just losing his his mind. And I get it. He's been hosting it for X amount of years. Um, recently, uh, not too long ago, there was a guy who, when he's introducing the contestants, this guy was like, oh, I lost my toe in an accident. I'm like, well, did you deep fry it? You know? And Pat Sajak looks at him and he goes, that was the most pointless story I've ever heard. And I like, do you remember the movie Billy, Billy Madison? Yeah. Like that game show host. He's like, I am now stupid because <laughs> I have heard this story. Yes. So he's been hosting this forever. Contestants are just not getting the puzzles right. He's apparently walked off the set multiple times. And people are now saying that Vanna White should host uh, Wheel of Fortune. So this story came out not too long ago uh, where he possibly might have me tooed um, Vanna White. Yeah, I'd like to buy I'd like to buy a vowel, an O. Yes, I'd like to solve the puzzle. Hashtag me too. <laughs> Correct. You're going to the Bahamas. Now, this woman is a professional opera singer and she won sixty-seven thousand dollars during the entire game. But Pat and Vanna, this woman got caught in the crossfire. Pat looks at Vanna and he's like, Are you an opera buff at all? Because the woman was the contestant was an opera singer. And Vanna White says, Yes, I'm not a buff, but I like opera. And Pat Sajak says, Have you ever watched opera in the buff? <laughs> he's like 80. And the whole and Vanna White said no and seemed to laugh it off. Well, Twitter went crazy and they're like, Oh my god, did Vanna White just get me tooed on Wheel of Fortune? It's 2022. Yes, the answer is yes. If you didn't think it was possible, anything is possible. With that being said, it's possible to go on a date. I know everyone's kind of opening up, going out on dates, Tinder, Bumble, Grinder, even. But this story is very sweet because I feel like a lot of people are disconnected because of the pandemic. This man took his date not to Coachella, which I will be there weekend two. And I cannot wait to tell you these stories because they're going to be epic. Um, this man took his first date to a place that I think is just romantic AF. Not Paris, France. Not the Renaissance Fair. But a Target. A local Target. He said, hey, you know what? It's our first date. If it doesn't go well, let's... Just go on with our lives. And I have to pick up some stuff from Target. So let's go on a date to Target. And they walked through the aisles, um, looked at things. I mean, do you have a, John, do you have a thing that you like to go look at at Target? Um, Not real. Like, I, I just, I go there for the same story as everyone else. I go there for one thing, pick up 85 things. You don't have like a go-to section that you go check out? I mean, do I? Yes. The candle aisle. The candle. I love the Target candles. Electronics. Oh, uh, see, yeah. So they walked around, made some jokes, got to know each other. And I think it's very sweet. I think it's very courtship, very Bridgerton appropriate. This is a, 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 a Bridgerton date unfolding right in front of our eyes at a Target. And I think it's great. And the date went so well that guess what? They're going on a second date. Where? 
Costco. No, I don't know where they're <laughs> Applebee's. going. Applebee's. They're going to go check out some Kirkland vodka. I respect this because I, being on a dating app and being new to L.A., I they always say pick pick the place to go. And I don't know anywhere. So like a Target is the most obvious pick for me, too. You're out in public. Yeah. You're sober. And it's going to be expensive. So she, she'll know you have money. There's fluorescent lighting. Yeah. Yeah. I say go for it. I think it's great. It makes me go, ah, oh, chivalry isn't dead. It just makes me think like, uh, if love can happen at a Target, it can happen anywhere. And you know what? Maybe they can go on their second date, like I said, to a Costco, get some vodka. Maybe she's a teacher. Maybe she can bring vodka to the school and give it to the kids. And we just have this like new love story unfolding right in front of our eyes. But guys, that concludes today's episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I'm Justin Martindale. Thank you guys so much for listening. We actually have a bonus episode coming up. Oh, a lot of people have been asking me, hey, are you going to talk about Drag Race? And I'm like, uh, yes, but I have to get the right guest. And I've got the right guest this week. Actor, comedian, Drag Race enthusiast, the metamorphosis of Drag Race, Kevin Christie, will be joining me shortly. So please stay tuned. As always, thank you for liking and subscribing. John, thank you again. We will see you guys next time on Just Saying with Justin Barndale. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.